Welcome back to the AAC Podcast, guys. Today, we have a special guest, Gareth from Game Ready Therapy. Gareth, would you like to introduce yourself to everyone, just a little bit of a brief history of what you've done? Yeah, g'day. Uh, I'm Gareth. Yeah, I've been working with Game Ready Therapy. Uh, we're a group of uh, massage therapists who have been predominantly working in elite sport, uh, and we're trying to give that service to uh amateur and pro, um, semi-pro athletes as well, and then also giving that same service to the general public. Um, myself, I've been massaging for about seven, eight years now, and I've been lucky enough to work with uh, teams like the Adelaide Crows and uh, Cycling Australia. Fantastic, Gareth. Um, if, for those that don't know, we've known Gareth for a couple of years now, some for a, almost a decade as well, and he's been working with us along with Game Ready Therapy over the last few months, providing some great massage services to all the members around here. Now, the topic of today is stay in your lane. We're talking about practitioners going uh, further than what they are, what is considered their expertise. For example, physios going into exercise, chiros going into more physiotherapy stream, us trying to diagnose injuries. That's where we're going about. And now Gareth actually brought this topic up for us. Um, do you want to give a brief overview of the scenario that happened without obviously naming any names? Oh, yeah. So we've seen a few clients uh, of the last you know, couple of months, and these clients have also been clients of a, a, a physio that we know. And each time that we've seen uh, these clients, they've you know come back with uh, good reviews, saying they feel better, better than having a while, they've got better movement, and the like. And then they'll go report that to the physio who hasn't got the greatest respect for manual therapy, which sounds funny as it is. And he's suggested these clients to no longer seek out manual therapy and instead go down the exercise uh, path while giving them quite questionable uh, information of how to do that, which is worrisome for the industry and for his clients, I believe. Now, Adam, oh, by the way, we have Adam and Reese here as well. Adam, what do you see the problem with that? Um, there's a few problems going on there. I think... There has been a recent trend in physio in small pockets. I don't think it's a great big trend, but it is there away from manual therapy. And I, I think that's a symptom of a greater problem in the um, the virtue signaling you see in various allied health professions around evidence-based practice, which is coming from a good place. It is actually well-intentioned and it's important to note that. However, evidence isn't everything. And I think we get too caught up believing that the scientific method is perfect and i'm here to tell you it's not there's gaps in the scientific method and as such there's things that research isn't equipped to really measure there's things that fall through the cracks and that's how it goes so i think when you automatically exclude anything that doesn't have evidence you put yourself at the mercy of the scientific method which is the best method we have but is by no means perfect so the idea that unless there's evidence it's false which is where some of this massage physio kind of friction comes from. Because I've been around physios who have similar beliefs that, you know, manual therapy isn't a thing that works, which is so obviously not true that there's no point even really addressing it, I feel. Placebo effect is still effect. And if you suggest that massage is only placebo, you're still wrong anyway. 
So there's a reason to oversimplify. There is a reason that massage has existed for some however, however many thousand years and will continue to exist as long as people move. So there's noticeable increases in blood flow, in um, RPE goes down for a given activity, perceived pain goes down for a given activity. Everything that we want to see happen happens better with massage and elite athletes. There's a reason elite athletes have their own massage therapists in individual sports and team sports have teams of massage therapists who cater for their team. As to why I think there's also a bias from that group of physios commercially towards exercise therapy because only they can deliver that and manual therapy is delivered much cheaper by massage therapists so then there can be a competing commercial demand as well. Absolutely. And I think they're trying to promote the right thing. They're trying to promote that self-efficacy and self-care. They're trying to put the responsibility in the hands of the client so they're not constantly seeking out other modalities. It could yeah. be in the form of massage, physio, medication. Yeah. But Reese, I'm sure that you've had the same experience and I'm sure clients of yours have had the same experience where exercise simply is enough where you need something else. Have you had those? Oh, 100%. Obviously, we try and do what we can with exercise. But at the end of the day, if... You have to put your client first and if you can't give your client what they need or even if you know, hey, exercise isn't getting us what we want, you have to refer them out. You know, if a client comes in with pain in their shoulder that exercise isn't helping, I'm not going to try and diagnose them. I'm not going to be like, no, that's fine here. Let's just do some overhead press. I'm going to be like, look, this is out of my scope. Go see a physio. Go see someone that knows what they're doing i think that's the big thing so and like you say you see this in the general population a lot with doctors when doctors weigh in on exercise and you get the oh this hurts i saw a doctor about it doctor said don't exercise it's like are you fucking serious but you see it all the time and then you get doctors weigh in on nutrition on exercise and it's not their fault but they're not educated on that doctors are not there for that we've got dietitians and nutritionists and strength and conditioning coaches pts whatever you want to go to for exercise for a reason and i think that's where it gets squirrely is when you've got physios trying to cross into strength and conditioning and some can do it i've met a couple that are quite good at it but broadly speaking they're not equipped for that i'm not equipped to diagnose injuries for a reason that's why i refer to physios that i trust and i think once you start kind of getting the lines too blurry there's there's a reason we're all supposed to work together because we all agree and like we said at the start the physios were giving what we deem to be sometimes suboptimal advice are generally coming at it from a point of care i haven't met a completely cynical physio yet they are trying to help but i think sometimes their version of help is me 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 and a little too much in their commercial interest sometimes so working across the professions with different people who have different skill sets is really going to help the patient or the client whatever you want to refer to them as have the best outcome which is why we've seen guys go to sports doctor what we refer to all the time physios yep. that we trust you boys in the massage room, us for the strength and conditioning. And that that's how, there's a reason all the elite clubs with money to burn have that set up in-house because they can actually use the experience and the skill set of every individual profession rather than expecting one guy to be able to do it all. And if you're not at a big club, if you're not at a big organization, you've got to network with the people around you. We're fortunate that we have uh, probably over 20 allied health professionals within about a kilometer of us. But if you don't have that, you need to go seek it out. And then you need to go seek out the right people, speak to your clients after that. Have they had a good experience with that physio, chiro, exercise professional? If they haven't, or if that's become a consistent trend that someone hasn't, maybe you need to seek elsewhere. It's Adelaide. We are based in Adelaide. If 
you can't find somewhere within 20 minutes, there's chance that you live in Whoopal. But in Adelaide, there is a practitioner going around everywhere. You can make it to everywhere. So find out who you can actually refer to and who you can trust in the industry. So if your client does come to you with something that you're not quite sure of, you can ask, you can refer out. I couldn't agree more. And I think we, we had a post on Instagram, I don't know, maybe six months to a year ago, that was at the time one of our most well-received in terms of feedback and our most clicked on stories in terms of how to tell bullshit. And one of the really important parts of that that people spoke to me and responded to really well was that if someone is slaying an entire field and saying all of it's broken, they're probably trying to sell you bullshit. So as soon as someone says all physios are bad, all strength and conditioning is bad, all massage is bad, blah, 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 insert the blank, they're probably coming at it from a point of view that isn't right. Everyone's got their perspective and, and I've got jaded it with different professions at different times in different places. It really depends where you are and who you're dealing with. But anytime someone's writing off entire industries like massage, SNC, physio, Cairo, whatever, each of them have a place and there are no bad professions in that sense. It's bad applications. So if you try and see a Cairo for a muscle injury, that Cairo is going to look incompetent because you're asking them for something they can't do. But if you see a Cairo for what a Cairo is supposed to do, and the same for massage therapy, physio, me, us, whatever, that's where it works. You can't blame people for not being able to do what they can't do. And if you see that the main advice being given, the method being given is to exclude all other methods, it's probably not the right one. It sounds great in theory because it's a simple solution. I'll give a nutrition example. Keto is the only way to diet. Low carb is the only way to... You can give as many examples as you want that in an exercise sense, nutrition sense, self-care sense. If your method is to exclude every other correct method it's probably not effective. It's just a great marketing strategy. Correct, correct. And I mean, I've seen some people have incredibly successful commercial careers in all of the allied health fields by giving tubular advice of do this and nothing else. And it sells good because people like simple solutions. It's easy to package. It's easy to sell. It's easy to say. And it's, it's scalable. Whole, it's a whole other thing in practice. You know what yeah. I mean? So, And that's, that's how we arrived here with this concept of today of, you know, all of manual therapy is false. It's like, that is it's just obviously not true. Like, you can make sense of a lot of concepts in sports science, strength and conditioning, exercise science, whatever, but does that make sense? And the idea that manual therapy doesn't work doesn't make sense for a reason. Because and like, say- It would be better if it did make sense because it meant that we'd probably make more money because hey, we wouldn't have any physios or chiros or massage therapists to correct. refer to. It's, it's, it's easy for me to say, don't go see the boys in the next room because what they're selling is bullshit. Spend that money on me. Until you remember that that's not true. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, Reese, if you were in a, like if you fight as your sport, you need to tell me massage therapy doesn't help. Yeah, see, that's just blatantly not right. Like, spend five minutes on the bottom of a roll in jiu-jitsu and tell me you don't want manual therapy performed on your whole body now. You know what I mean? Yeah, and even just from, like, as you were talking before, that placebo effect, if you're mentally feeling good, because, I mean, all sport has a massive, massive mental component to it. Like, any sort of competition, anything where you're going up against yourself, just feeling good can give you that boost. Correct. And coming into a fight where your physical preparation is going to be... It, well, it should be on point. It doesn't become a battle of who's fitter. It becomes a battle of who's mentally tougher. Who's walking in there with a better attitude? 
who who's walking in feeling more prepared correct the guy that's done it and i think that's really important to note like placebo effect cops such a bad rap it's like effect is effect regardless and i've i've got friends who are doctors friends who are very very good physios who back that in as well like there's a reason even if sometimes the manual therapy might be so gentle that it's probably not creating an objective effect if it makes them feel better they will perform better and the whole goal of sport is to perform better that's what we do that's what you do that's what everyone involved in the sporting sector is trying to facilitate athletes performing better if they perform better after whatever it is as long as it's not actively harmful then why stand in the way of that and massage therapy we know for a fact doesn't cause any harm because that is evidence-backed why stand in their way you know what i mean and if people feel better I don't, un- I don't understand the barrier, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're just fighting with people in your own industry. Yeah. You know, it's an industry that struggles enough. Oh, man, we got to... enough of that stupid shit. You know what I mean? We all have the same goal. We want to help people. Let's help them together. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like... I, I have one quick question for Gareth. Sort of on the topic, sort of not. Do you find... Because obviously we've just talked about a physio that likes to speak up of himself and you know, talk poorly on other kinds. Um, as a massage therapist, as someone that does manual therapy, do you find you have clients expect more from you? So, uh, it's very dependent case by case. Some people have the naive thought that a one hour massage will fix all their problems. Uh, but generally speaking, people come in with a problem or two and they're generally their expectations are exceeded because they're like, oh, I've had this problem for... X amount of time I've been seeing so-and-so or doing stuff like this or I've been doing exercising to help the area but then they get some treatment on it and it's because it's a different style that of treatment that they've been getting this entire time it's fixed them or they're feeling in a way that they weren't able to before so like yeah tra- exercise is incredibly pivotal and it's probably the best way to get to a point where you aren't in pain or you're in a good performance sense but if people get, just say, a little bit of massage or you add some manual therapy in with your training, it, it makes people feel incredibly better. Um, like I've had people who have come in and they've been trying to do training for their shoulder because they've had impingements or they've had a bit of frozen shoulder um, and their range of motion is terrible uh, and they've had a massage. And this isn't trying to say the massage is the it fixes everything or on for novel or anything like that it's just a little bit of manual therapy and it breaks away some of the um the tension or a little bit of scar tissue or whatever and it just frees it up and it then gives them the ability to then go into the gym correct train. it facilitates that's where, it that's yeah. exactly right and i think that's the probably the single biggest thing that gets missed is it's like okay i'm all about exercise interventions obviously i'm an snc coach but when there are physical barriers to get there, such as range of motion, flexibility, whatever you want to call it. There's millions of words you can use here. If the manual therapy facilitates a range of motion that then creates a better exercise intervention, how is that a bad thing? Because we know for a fact that manual therapy can free up range of motion, and that could be literally five minutes of manual therapy. Oh, absolutely. So if we've got the, the capacity to do both, you can actually create a better exercise intervention, which is where most of the physio anti-manual therapy thing comes from. Yes. Because I'm all, I actually like the genesis of that idea was patient ownership, ability to control their own outcomes and not relying on 
some of the bad physio models, which are come see me five times this week and I'm going to do a little bit of half-assed manual therapy with whatever it is and then pretend I'm helping you when all I'm doing is milking your money. That needed to be fixed and I see it going in the right direction, but the the zero manual therapy idea of it is still broken as well. One of the big problems I have is regardless of which side of the spectrum it's on, it's like you need to come get manual therapy six times a, a week or I need you training with me two, three times a week or whatever it is. People need to understand, especially from the practitioner side, is that people know what their own bodies. Correct. If, if massage works for you and that gives you the ability to improve your performance in the gym, the massage is for you. Correct. If you feel like, all right, I don't really need as much massage, but I want to train every single day, like some people we know, and that's what works for you, great. If you need more sleep after your training, absolutely. Sleep's incredibly important. That's it's, it. It's, it's all individual by individual. And I think we, in all of the allied health professions, like say nutrition is a really clear example, people get caught trying to make these big sweeping statements like Mickey f- said before with keto, like this is how you have to do it. Everybody's different. Keto will work for some and not for others, just like massage will work better for some than others, just like certain exercises work better for some than others. That client slash patient ownership, uh, critical thinking, individualization is really where the the most value is going to be found. Absolutely. And there will always be some crossover, guys. As we've touched on, we're always going to see you that networking with other professionals and be able to try and help them as much as possible. But at the end of the day, if we literally are going outside of our area too much, that's where we have to refer on to and having a good network around you is so important. That's where those relationships are key because when you, when you have a physio, a chiro, a doctor, a massage therapist and everything you can, that people are coming to you with questions, dietitian I've got that we refer to, you know what I mean? When you've got those people that you can trust, then you can care so much better for the patient and refer out for things you don't know. When someone says, why does my knee hurt? I don't know, I'm not supposed to know, but I can send you to somebody that will know. And then we know how to fix it. Correct. Yeah, part of the problem I find with that as well, when people are trying to go outside their scope and try and do everything themselves so they can keep the client for a, you know, a Forever. ego thing or a, <laughs> or a financial thing, whatever it may be, is apart from you're not ethically doing what's right by your client, is it's negligible as well because you're going out of out of your expertise to do something that you have no little idea you're not going to do it well well you're not going to do it well and you're probably going to do the exact opposite of what you're supposed to be doing and if you're in a bucket where you found yourself doing something unethical and bad quality we've gone bad places you know what i mean at that point it's like yeah you'd argue that's malpractice go to jail do not pass go kind of like start again so I think that's the thing is, you know, you've got, you've got to be self-aware enough as a practitioner in whatever you practice to know what you can and can't do, both legally and well in terms of just a quality sense, and then do what you do well and let others do what they do well because those will not be the same thing, nor should they be. Absolutely. I spend 80% of my clients I see, I'm like, yeah, you've got problems here, here, and here, and this is hopefully will help the area, but your best way going forward to prevent these injuries from coming back or whatever is you need to go see someone to Here exercise or or yeah i don't understand the uh, in sense of hoarding clients there's fairly obvious motives yeah of course but you know to each their own on that front is. but yeah it's not the ideal way to look after an individual personally i'd rather have more free time on my hands but <laughs> <laughs>
Guys, can we have a big thank you to Gareth from Game Ready Therapy. Thank you for joining us today, oh, mate. Thank you, to be thank here. you. He's going to be continuing to provide some great service. So if you guys need some massage, please hit up Game Ready Therapy or give us a DM on Instagram. Give this podcast a share and we'll be back with you again for another AAC podcast next week.